0: Hi, this is Stuart Weems and welcome to the Investopoly podcast. My goal is to give you simple, easy to understand strategies, insights and tips to help you master the game of building wealth. And in this episode, I'd like to talk about how you should split your wealth between property and shares. So, you know, Australians have a really well-documented love affair with property, things like chasing the great Australian dream of owning your own home and uh, about 2.1 million people, uh, taxpayers that is, invest in property and also we also most of us invest in shares uh through our superannuation fund so most of us have experience there as well and i think most people just struggle with the decision should they be investing in property or shares or if both how much to invest in one or the other and is there any particular order in which you should invest in those assets as well so one before the other and that's what i'd like to talk about throughout this podcast So with like many things in life, moderation is the key and all things being equal, diversification with investments is typically the wisest approach. Um, So spreading your money across different uh, asset classes will reduce your overall investment risk because some asset classes will perform well in some years and others not so well. Uh, And so the returns from the, the asset classes that perform well will offset some of the poorer returns of the other asset classes and what you end up doing is smoothing your investment return which certainly helps you along the journey but also if you need to interrupt the investment strategy for whatever reason and and divest of any assets uh well again you know because you haven't put all your eggs in one basket uh, you can do that um uh, more prudently and and achieve better outcomes in the long run plus it's a a less bumpy road right so it's it's a less stressful, creates less anxiety and so forth. So spreading your eggs amongst a number of different baskets, again, theoretically, uh, is correct. However, sometimes um, people hate shares or hate property. Um, And I don't think, you know, I I believe that you should never invest in an asset unless you are 100% comfortable with that asset. Uh, So if you do, if you have a, a level of uncomfortableness, Uh, with either property or shares, Uh, certainly explore it and see if it's due to a misunderstanding or past mistakes or those sorts of things. Don't be blind to it. But ultimately, if you're just not comfortable, don't invest in it. And at the end of the day, quality trumps diversification. So that is, I'd much rather see my client put all their money into great quality properties and have zero shares. In the long, long run, that's going to work as opposed to trying to push them into an asset class where they're not comfortable. Uh, In terms of property, sometimes you see businesses or articles online that promote the idea of acquiring a very large property portfolio. You know, acquire five to ten properties. And I think this is quite attractive to a lot of people's egos and so forth. Sounds like a great idea, And whilst it might be realistic for some people on very high incomes, it's completely unnecessary for most. You know, most of the financial plans that I formulate um, would have less than three investment properties. In fact, I can't remember a time when I've recommended more than three. And most of them, I would say 80% of the time, are between one or two properties. And there's two reasons for this. The first one is that quality trumps quantity every day of the week. That is, it's much better to put all your money in one very high quality property than spread your monies across several very average quality properties. Secondly, limiting the amount that you invest leaves room for you to invest in other assets at another time. And therefore, allows you to achieve better diversification. So, you know, if you max out all your borrowings on property, for example, you'll find that you won't have any cash flow to make additional super contributions, uh, reduce debt, or invest in shares or other assets, for example. And uh, and so over-investing can then reduce your ability to really diversify. So, if you come across uh, advice or articles or so forth that are suggesting that um, that you should put all your eggs in one basket and go on, you know, that the, the road to financial freedom is really lies in acquiring several, several properties. Um, just just be mindful that that's probably not necessary and um, and, and do a little bit more research there. Uh, the other thing to not fall into the trap of the old pros and cons uh, debate, so the shares versus property debate that's raged on for, for really many years, you know, I've I've read lots of different articles and been to seminars and so forth, where uh, each party on each side of the equation will espouse the pros and cons of either property or shares. You know, shares are, uh, are very liquid; you can invest in smaller amounts. You don't have to worry about dodgy tenants and these sorts of things. Whereas property, the property people will say, well, it's very tangible. You know, you don't want, you don't know what you're buying in the share market. Um, and and you can borrow a lot more to invest in property than what you can do in shares and so forth, um, and the, and anyway, the list goes on in terms of the pros and cons. Now, whilst each of those pros and cons are, are arguably technically correct, I think they're relatively meaningful at a portfolio level. So, I mean, it's a little bit because at a portfolio level, what you're trying to do is invest in a whole bunch of assets. And some of the pros of some assets will outweigh or offset the cons of other assets and vice versa. At a portfolio level, what you hope to do is have a perfect mix of assets. It's a little bit like, the analogy is a little bit, if I can draw a golf analogy, it's a little bit like having a golf bag with a whole bunch of different clubs. And you're not going to sit there and debate whether a putter is better than a driver. You know, they, do, but they, they both do two diff, completely different things. And to say one is better than the other is... Is nonsensical really. Uh, All golfers would have all different types. They can have some irons, some drivers, some putters all in their bag. It's not like someone walks around and says, I don't believe in any other club other than a driver and that's all I'm going to use. So having a shares versus property debate is tantamount to that, is having a discussion around saying I will only use one set of golf clubs. What you want is a full bag of golf clubs um, and so that you've got uh, a pool of different classes of assets that are going to work in different times and do different things for you within your overall portfolio. Of course, watch out for vested interest, as Warren Buffett says, never ask your, your barber if you need a haircut. Uh, therefore, don't ask a property developer whether you, sh- whether you should invest in property or, or a stockbroker whether you should invest in shares. You obviously want someone that's completely independent, and I've written a few blogs and podcasts about that previously and the links are obviously in the show notes. Uh, it's also not about returns, at least gross uh, investment returns either. So if you find that people are entering or you're you're being enticed to enter into a debate which is going to produce a better return, uh, forget about it. Um, it's a it's a bit silly. I, I think you're going to achieve if you've got the right approach, asset selection and methodology um, that it's reasonable to assume that you're going to achieve relatively or materially similar returns in the long run. So the Aussie stock market over the last 25 years has done 9.3%. The US market is 10.5%. The property market, including yield, somewhere between 10 and 12%. So, um, uh, you know, the, the returns are broadly similar in the long run. Of course, the makeup of the return is different in terms of the amount of income and capital growth, and that's important too. But in terms of total return, don't get drawn into the um, into the conversation about one's better than the other. Uh, When it comes to uh, getting advice in respect to property, the property, you know, how much to put in property and how much to put in shares, uh, the thing that you really need to look for is experience. So. The firm that you, uh, that you use uh, for that advice uh, needs to have a good depth and breadth of experience across all asset classes, and arguably that creates enough credibility to decide which is then most appropriate for your circumstances. However, I could have a firm that's completely independent but has very little experience in, say, commercial property, for example. And if I have very little experience in commercial property, then it's really unlikely I'm going to recommend it to my clients. Now, I'm not saying that people should be recommending commercial property. What I'm saying is that you need to have a robust experience to not recommend it um, for the same reasons when you do recommend it. So that is, you need to really know when and how to use it. See, knowledge will tell us what to do, whereas experience tells us how to do it and when to do it. And so knowledge without experience can be really dangerous because you risk doing the right thing at the wrong time or the right thing in the wrong way and completely mess it up. And, you know, that's why they send medical students out to accumulate over 10 years of experience before they become surgeons because they know experience can't be taught and there's really no shortcuts. So when seeking advice, make sure you're seeking advice from an advisor that's not only independent, but also has enough experience within each asset class to really determine with credibility uh, what the right approach and mix is uh, for you. So, of course, you want the answer you know, how much should you be investing in property or shares? And whilst it's going to be different for, for everyone um, and every, everyone's circumstances are different, what I like to do is really when formulating a plan. Have um, an end result in mind, so it's not really important to ascertain what the what the uh, asset allocation should be today, but really what we want it to be by the time we we reach, at, say, age sixty. Let's call it sixty for most people, um, which is the the age where most people want to have the flexibility to reduce working hours or or stop working in totality. And so, for most clients, what that would typically involve is uh, one or two investment properties. Uh, that by the time we get to age 60, we'll have a reasonable amount of equity in them, so uh, a loan-to-value ratio of less than 50%. Plenty of cash in offset accounts. I'd like to typically have two, at least two years of living expenses uh, in the offset account, or enough to reduce the um, the negative ca- to, to reduce the, the property portfolio's cash flow to neutral or positive. So I don't want any negative cash flow in retirement. Uh, substantial super that are well invested in low-cost uh, diversified index funds, and if cash flow allows, uh, then a diversified portfolio of, again, low-cost index and bond funds uh, in either a personal name or family trust. And these assets should, um, uh, should be substantial enough so that we can comfortably fund retirement without eating into capital, but that's typically the kind of diversification the level of diversification that I would seek uh, to achieve for a client uh, when, when developing a financial plan. Now, if I know that's the, the end goal, then that will clearly um, make it really clear to me about in, in what order do I need to accumulate those assets and sort of what do I need to do between now and then to really achieve that, that sort of level of uh, diversification. Uh, So there you go, the old property versus shares debate. Uh, The answer is really invest in uh, both those assets, but understand you probably need to do that at different times and that diversification really is the key and just try and ignore all the noise in the market about what the shorter-term returns might be in property and shares uh, and really uh, adopt a very much a long-term approach, uh, adopt the right asset selection methodologies and the investment methodologies, and in the long run, It will produce good quality returns. Okay, that's it for this week. Uh, Until next week, bye for now.